are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop pregame show as we are getting ready for the Auburn Tigers. They travel, or not travel, they are are definitely staying home to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs after a horrendously tough four-game stretch. But we are here joined today by Mr. Jack Byers, and I'm also joined by Daniel Locke as well. Daniel, how you doing, buddy? Then, I, then I'll let you introduce the guests. Sounds good. Sounds good. Dylan, I'm doing good. Um, Boston Bruins are six and zero. Boston Celtics tip off tonight. The quest for number eighteen starts tonight. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, who can beat them? Especially when you add Drew Holiday, Kristaps Porzingis. I'm over to moon for that. But Jack Byers, he's a Mississippi State beat reporter for Rivals, um, more specifically MSU's Bulldog Blitz. Uh, looks like Starkville Daily News as well. Sorry, Jack, I did not prepare this intro at all. This is just <laughs> off your Twitter bio. Um, but, Jack, how are you? I'm doing good, but first of all, I'm a Sixers fan, so I'm going to have to walk out the room if you talk about the Celtics. I figured. I figured. It's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, all the Celtics talk is in the it's a sore, It's a sore subject. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm doing good. I'm excited to head down to Auburn this weekend and, you know, obviously watch cover a football game, but, you know, just enjoy Auburn because it is one of my favorite SEC towns. And I know that might be pandering to the audience, but I, I truly believe that. I, I, I've always enjoyed myself when I've head down to Auburn. Well, very excited to see you this weekend. But for now, Dylan, lead us into this really, really big matchup. Clearly someone thinks it's really big because it's not an 11 a.m. kick. So somebody's high on this game. Yeah, I know. I, I got tickets to this game a few weeks ago, and uh, my girlfriend was just in there trying to plan everything. And I was just like, what time do you think this game's going to be at? I was like, oh, this is an 11 a.m. kick if I've ever seen one. It's two programs who are battling. It's You know how, like, Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan are all trying to win the Big Ten East? They're trying to, it's a battle for the first place in the East over there. This is the battle for who's not going to finish last in the West. And yeah. currently, Mississippi State has like the fifth place spot, and now it's Auburn's turn to try to get that back. And then they're just gonna, and then Auburn has to beat Arkansas to actually like win it out. Uh, but yeah, this this game should have been an 11 a.m. kick. I don't know why it's not, uh, but I'm not complaining. I'm all for it. Not I love two thirty kicks are like the perfect kick, especially because we get to watch. I would love to see it, but Florida uh, give Georgia run for their money in Jacksonville. But that game is neither here nor there. But, yeah, this is going to be an interesting matchup. Mississippi State without Will Rogers and going to be starting the former Vanderbilt quarterback, Mike Wright. Uh, Mississippi State kind of straight away from the full-on air raid, kind of running the ball a little bit more. I don't think I've ever seen Mississippi – I've not seen Mississippi State average 150 yards a game on the ground. And, like, I, I – good Lord. Dak Prescott era, like Kylan Robinson, I believe. Uh, Ky- Kylan Hill. Ky- Kylan Hill, yeah. Yeah, which wasn't that long ago. Leach was only there for three years. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is a drastic shift just from what they were doing. So, yeah, it is definitely weird to see. And is there any – what's, like, the buzz going around on Mississippi State about this game? You know, I think last week I would have said nobody would have cared. I think going into last week, everyone was so down on this team and everyone was just kind of fire our net and – this week, the defense just really just kind of ignited itself. I think people are a little more excited about what the defense can do. And, you know, I think maybe there are people out there that think, you know, we can go into Auburn and go pick up a win. And there definitely is a little bit of excitement. But I think in the back of their minds, they, they do think that they would 
like to maybe see a coaching change at the end of the year and, and do a national search for a new head football coach. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember thinking into the – after the passing of Mike Leach, which is just uh, – it sucked that it happened. Mike Leach, I believe, is – if he's not one of your favorite coaches you've ever, like, witnessed, I you're wrong. Uh, I definitely felt like they kind of just kind of got forced into trying to get someone quickly before, like, the recruiting uh, cycle kind of – kind of finish up so you kind of had to get to keep your recruits and basically do that by uh promoting zach garnett uh he had a very tough stretch uh on the season i mean starting off he he beat southeastern louisiana got a tough win over arizona and then got 41 14 by lsu lost to spencer rattler and then got whooped by alabama but came back and beat western michigan and then that game that transpired uh, last Saturday, the seven to three win, uh, definitely uh, some high hopes there, I believe, for the defense. Uh, and that could also have been the fact that this Arkansas offense is very, very bad because uh, they fired their OC uh, not twenty, not twelve hours after that game had finished. Uh, but overall, I mean, with Mike Wright starting, is there like a sense of confidence behind Mike Wright? He's a veteran quarterback who's played in the SEC before, and he was at starter of Vanderbilt. For a good chunk before uh, I'm, trying to I'm trying to remember the Vanderbilt quarterback's name. AJ Swan got there. He was uh, and took took his starting job last year. Yeah, I like Mike Wright a little bit. You know, I don't think he's as good as the passers, Will Rogers. I think that's you know they really dialed down that offense in the passing game a little bit in this last game. I don't think Mike Wright played that poorly. He made one really bad throw. Other than that, like I think it was just a really simple passing attack where they weren't trying to do a whole lot. But what Mike Wright gives you, and it's kind of similar to Robbie Ashford on the other side, it's like, you know, maybe they're not hitting plays in the passing game, but at any given moment, Mike Wright can take off for 50 yards and, and make a big play happen. So I think in that aspect, that kind of gives Mississippi State a little bit of a boost offensively, um, and especially just like Mississippi State's offensive line has not been that good this season. And, you know, there are times where Will Rogers just, hasn't been able to make a play um, just because of that. And, you know, maybe Mike Wright can extend those plays a little bit longer. Um, so I think it brings definitely a different dynamic. Uh, it's still kind of wait and see the, what they really want to do with this offense with him behind center. But I, I do think he's going to be able to at least make some plays happen, even if it's not going to be consistently. Yeah, I remember when I first got to watch from Mike Wright, it was uh, him against Hawaii last year for Vanderbilt, and he broke off like a 66-yard run or something crazy along those lines. But Daniel, just uh, with the back of quarterback coming in uh, and, and an offense who had an identity and then kind of lost it with the, with the injury to Will Rogers, how does this benefit Auburn's defense going into this game on Saturday? Well, um Mike's ability to throw the ball is definitely going to be tested because this Auburn secondary is definitely the strength of the team. Um, Jalen Simpson, DJ James, um, Keontae Scott's back, supposed to be fully healthy this week, or as healthy as you can be eight weeks or whatever we are, nine into the season. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how he can pass the ball, but I'm, I'm expecting Mississippi State to take advantage of Auburn's not amazing um, – run defense. And I think that, you know, Marcus Harris, um, Keldrick Falk, uh, Larry Nixon, the third, all those guys up front are going to get a workout. Yeah. And uh, 
I think it's Jaquavius Marks, I believe. Is that am I pronouncing his name right? Yeah, most people just call him Woody Marks. Woody, yeah, Woody Marks. Yes. There we go. And he's been there for like seven years, I believe. Yeah, uh, he's, just, <laughs> he's a little banged up right now. That dude always seems to be playing through an injury, but you know he's definitely a really good running back. He can do a little bit of everything. So we'll we'll see how healthy he's going into this week. But yeah, as you mentioned, that's definitely a key guy to watch. Yeah, and I mean with Woody Marks, I mean yeah, Woody, uh, uh, he's a good, he's a serviceable running back, but he's not going to be your Quinshawn Judkins or, or uh, the plethora of LSU running backs that they had, and and I'm trying to remember A and M had a very good running back as well. It, Marks isn't going to be your guy who's going to light up the stat sheet, and I think that benefits Auburn's front seven, who has had games where they've looked really good and have games where they've looked very bad. One being last game. Uh, but overall, I feel like if, if with Austin Keys back and and Larry Nixon the third getting in there, Eugene Asante being as good as he's been all year, all you really need to ask, are you really need to ask uh, one of your main players to to be is Jason Jones. He's just gonna have to fill spaces up. Woody Marks is not really gonna be your around the edge running back. He's gonna be your bigger bodied guy who's gonna try to to bully ball you. Uh, this is what he has been for the past like seven years at at, at Mississippi State, or again, I however long he's been there. I, I swear he's been there since Mullen. Uh, but yeah, you're just gonna really just need this front seven to really step up and and lock down marks. I and mean, on the Mississippi State side, on their defense, uh, the pass pass defense not very much their strong suit. Ranked 86 in the country, run defense uh, ranks 46. I believe is what I said earlier. I mean, you even mentioned earlier that it might have just been boosted by the fact that there was no offense on the field uh, when y'all played Arkansas. But the defense does rank pretty well against – does kind of match up very well against this Auburn offense who it's going to be strength versus strength, weakness versus weakness, run game, run game, pass game, pass game, because this Auburn offense, the the air attack is just not there. Yeah, I mean, Mississippi State's defense is definitely kind of built through its linebackers. Um, you have two guys who, you know, you mentioned Woody Marks being there for a while. I think these guys have actually been here for six years. Uh, Buki Watson and uh, Jet Johnson, two guys, led the league in tackles last year. Watson's another guy who's picked up a lot of sacks as well. And You know, those are guys that just in the middle of the field, they always seem to be in the right spot, making the right plays and, you know, against the run and, you know, Mississippi State secondary, as you mentioned, has not been good. Um, they have made a couple changes. They've been starting a freshman, Bryce Pollock, over there the last couple weeks, and he's been decent. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously Auburn. If they're not, they're near the bottom. So, you know, obviously Mississippi State's defense, I would expect, would be keying in on the run a little more. And, yeah, I think this is kind of a strength-for-strength strength run defense versus uh, running offense. And, uh, that's definitely the matchup. You know, whoever wins that battle is probably winning this game. And I will say, have you, if you've been prevalent in like the press conferences, has anyone been asking about what quarterback Zach Garnett is kind of expecting to see more of? So he basically said that he's kind of preparing for both guys. What he did mention is that both guys, you know, are able to run the football, obviously Ashford a little bit more so than Thorne, but you kind of have to prepare for a quarterback that's going to be moving around a little bit. So that I, I I believe they are preparing for both guys. Uh, yeah, he didn't really go into that a whole lot other than 
just mentioning that, you know, they got a couple options back there. So he's not going straight up like uh, like the other coach in the state of Mississippi who just straight up admits that he is preparing for other like, coordinators to be calling plays or other quarterbacks to be on the field. Nothing like that, right? No, no. Sacronet, I'll be honest, doesn't really give you a whole lot in press conferences. He doesn't give you any information on injuries, and it's a, it's a lot of coach speak with him, which, which is fine. That's how he wants to do things. But, you know, from a journalist's perspective, it, it gets a little annoying when you're trying to, you know, actually figure out what is going on. Yeah, we've, we've had a head coach like that in the last couple of years who just would not be very uh, uh, familiar to to journalists of sorts. And of anybody of, of the category. But Daniel, you ready to make, ready to make your uh, prediction? Yes. I think that Auburn's going to get back on track this week, uh, four-game skid. But I think it's going to be close, and I think it's going to take, like, a Peyton Thorne-led game-winning drive or something like that. Um, as far as final score, I'm thinking, like, 17-13 or something like that. Jack, what you got? I'm kind of in the same realm as you. I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game, two offenses that really haven't been able to get it going this year. I do think Auburn's defense is better than Mississippi State's, and I think that ultimately is going to help them win out. Uh, so I'll, I'll go with Auburn winning this one, 20-17. to 17. If there was ever a time that the 3-2 to two score could ever come back to, to Jordan Stadium, it is with this game right here. And I'm going to pick Auburn to win. I'm not going to put on the bug glasses because I don't think I'm going to book. This is booging for me to say this. I, I think Auburn's going to win a, a gross defensive matchup, uh, but I think they're going to do it by a touchdown. I, I'm going to go Auburn 24, uh, Mississippi State 17. I know that Mike G has Auburn winning 35 17, which I would also really enjoy if that were to happen. But yeah, Auburn uh, all around the board picked to win for the first time since. Uh, Sanford, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe A and M. No, 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 no. Straight up, yeah. Since Sanford, yeah. So Auburn on the right track. We're all back to picking Auburn to win. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, here in the college loop, we actually before we do that, Daniel, how you feeling, buddy? You know, Dylan. Um, halfway through the week, you know, got a lot of exams coming up. Feeling feeling a little loopy. Do you have something that can help me with that? Daniel, it's funny you asked me that because I do have something that can help with that. We have our own merch on the warportshop.com or the warport.com. Go to the shop. You get your own feeling loopy shirt today. Comes in five colorways, only $25. Got nether, uh, navy, Heather Navy. You have black, Heather Black, and then Heather Midnight Gray. These shirts are awesome. They're comfortable. You can wear them everywhere. Perfect for game days, perfect for family functions. You got Halloween coming up. Dress up as a College Loop fan. And, of course, whatever Thanksgiving comes around, too, it's perfect for family gatherings. I just There's no, there's nowhere where this shirt does not fit the occasion. But with that, buy the shirt. And also, here at the College Loop, we like to keep you inside the loop of Auburn Athletics. But from time to time, we like to travel a little bit outside of the loop. Yes, of course, we are here to do our weekly pickums. And Jackie, I'll be honest with you, we're on a nice little stretch of our guests going seven and three. 
So you have a you have a lot to live up to right there. Uh, and I think it's the last we had two. We I can say we had two weeks where our guest had went six and four. It was the same guy, uh, <laughs> and we picked on him. And then he finally last week came back on and he redeemed himself. Went seven and three. So we've had six people, six shows go seven and three, and then we've had two six and fours. So technically, you're on pace for seven and three without even picking a single game. Uh, uh, I feel pretty confident I can beat that. Let, let, let's see what I got. <laughs> Jack's wanting to go for eight and two, maybe better. I think we can do it. All right. Well, let's start off with the Big 12. And let me pull up my other tabs real quick so I can have the exact times and everything. For the Big 12, we got number six, Oklahoma traveling to Lawrence, Kansas. Take on the Kansas Jayhawks. Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite in this game. And, I mean, Kansas got that lights out def- lights out offense, and Oklahoma kind of struggled last week. So, Jack, who you got in this one? I'm going to go with the Sooners. I think this is still a really good offense, even though they kind of struggled with UCF a little bit. And defensively, they've seen they have improved a little bit on their Brent Venables. So, I- I'm going to stick with the Sooners right here. They haven't lost yet. I don't have any reason to think they will. I'm going to stick with that. Um, I got to go with the Sooners. I just don't think Kansas is going to be able to get it done. Uh, I think they're still a little while away from that. Um, So, yeah, Oklahoma. This hurts my soul because I love Lance Leipold, and I love the the Jayhawks. I love what they're building over there. I think that after a tough win over Gus Malzahn last week, I think they're going to try to use this to get right, and I think they're going to beat. Kansas this weekend. Again, that just hurts my soul. Uh, And now for a game that might be a little ugly to watch, not because of any defensive reasons, but just because of this team is just – it's the same colors for both sides. We have the South Carolina Gamecocks traveling to Kyle Field for an 11 a.m. kick against the Texas A&M Aggies. A&M is a 14-point favorite. Jack, who you got? I'm going to go with the Aggies here. I do think South Carolina's defense is – might be the worst in the SEC. And A&M's look kind of sluggish at times, but I do think overall it is a really solid defense. And I think that's, you know, at home, I think A&M wins this ball game because of their defense. I'm going to take the Aggies as well. Um, Kyle Field, yeah. And Spencer Rattler and company, they just haven't really shown me that they can walk in here and get this game done. So I'm going to go with Texas A&M. Uh, 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 words. Uh, South Carolina has been very, very rough in away games. Spencer Rattler is kind of a an interception artist of sort whenever he has to travel outside of South Carolina. Uh, and A&M's got a bye week. Uh, had a bye week last week to prepare. I don't feel like they did a lot of preparing for this game. South Carolina has been very bad this year. So I'm going to also rock with the Aggies too. Uh, this game is just not going to be a, uh, a fun watch. So definitely find some other game to watch at, for your 11 a.m. slate. Now for the 2.30 slate, we have the what's it called? The largest outdoor cocktail party. Number one, Georgia playing Florida in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Georgia is a 14.5 point favorite, and I believe both teams had a bye week for this game. So yeah, I'm going to go with Georgia here. They're a pretty big favorite in this one. Georgia's defense is, you know, still elite. And Florida, they've been really up and down this year. They look terrible against Kentucky. They had a great comeback against South Carolina. 
I just don't really know what to make of them at this point. And I know what I'm getting with Georgia. I'm going to get a great defense. Carson Beck seems to have steadily uh, improved throughout the season. So I'm just going to stick with the Bulldogs here. I would really, really love to pick Florida. Um, I just can't bring myself to do it because uh, I you know, care about where I uh, come in these standings. So I'm going to have to go with Georgia. Yeah, I'm also going to go with Georgia here, but it is going to be an interesting game of sorts for this Georgia offense because I believe this is their first game without Brock Bowers. Mm. And first of a little bit of a stretch going on when they don't have Brock Bowers. So I'm also going to be rocking with Georgia here, but this game might be very close. Uh, I I think that Florida defense might be trying to get out uh, Carson Beck if he doesn't have a safety blanket. All right, now throw it to the Pac-12. We got the number eight Oregon Ducks, who are a six-and-a-half-point favorite over and where they're traveling to, the Salt Lake City uh, kept number 13-ranked Utah Utes in a game of probably two of the best defenses in the Pac-12. And did we lose Jack? I think we may have. Oh, we're waiting for him to get back. There, there it is. I was, Jack, getting a phone, I was getting a phone. Yeah, I was getting a phone call as, as that was annoying. I'm going to put him on. Gotcha. All right. Well, well, he's getting that set up. Daniel, who you got? I want to go Oregon. Um, got to stick with our main man, Bo Nix, I guess. Um, so I'm going to go with Oregon to get it done on the road. Jack, who you got? Uh, I mean, Utah obviously coming off a big win against USC, but ultimately I don't I don't think Utah can go blow for blow uh, with this Oregon offense. So I'm going to stick with Oregon. Bo Nix is – he's been having fun. He, he might be a dark horse for the Heisman. Good. God <laughs> almighty. All right. Well, I'm also going to be rocking with the Ducks here. Uh, I think after that win over USC, it kind of showed that Utah doesn't really have the offensive firepower to really like put USC away, even though the defense has got awful. It hurts they don't have Cam Rising back, but they'll have him next year for I think his like tenth or eleventh year of eligibility. Uh, but Oregon, the most balanced team in the Pac-12, they're still in my playoffs no matter what. So I'm gonna be rocking with Oregon here as well to get a top fifteen win. And now for probably one of the most, uh, not the most, uh, one of yeah, one of the most. Uh, irrelevant conferences in college football. The ACC, you have number 20 Duke as they travel to Louisville, Kentucky to take on the number 18 ranked Louisville Cardinals. Louisville is a four-point favorite. I'm going to go with Louisville here. I've been pretty high on Louisville all season. They obviously had a big win against Notre Dame and I think somehow collapsed against Pittsburgh, but I think they're going to rebound here. I know Riley Leonard's been a little banged up for Duke, so that can be a little concerning for me picking the Blue Devils. So I'm going to stick with Louisville here. Their defense has been really good all season, and I think they're going to keep it up here. Yeah, I was going to reference that Notre Dame game as well. Um, That absolutely broke my heart, the big Irish fan that I am. So I'm going to have to go with Louisville just because I've seen what they can do. And with Duke, obviously they had that big win against Clemson to open up the year. And they've had a solid season, but – I just don't think they're going to be able to go on the road and get it done. Yeah, it's a battle of two very good defenses. Uh, the, the only difference between these two teams is the fact that Louisville can play offense. 
Uh, Ryan Leonard has been having a pretty decent season uh, whenever he's not been hurt, but also this, he's also only thrown like three touchdowns and two interceptions. Like this Louisville offense cannot move the ball outside of Riley Leonard and his legs. So I'm going to be rocking with the Louisville Cardinals here. I think that they are surprising uh, seven and one after this week, which uh, who's a, Jeff Brom, I believe is the coach over there, Purdue coach. I think he's building a little nice little program over there. And now I forgot which conference. Air Force is in the Mountain West. Yep. So throwing into the Mountain West Conference, we got the number 19 Air Force Falcons as they travel and are favored against the Colorado State Rams. It's crazy to say this about a service academy, but that offense is dynamic. And there was the concern that their quarterback wasn't going to play last week. He ends up playing, has a great game, throws a big touchdown. I think it's going to stay like that. They're all, that offense is too good. They're, they're going to beat Colorado State. Yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. Um, 12 and a half point favorite on the road is big for a road team. Um, and I, I think they're going to win. You talk about the offense. It's not every day that I choose an offense that's averaging 88 yards passing a game, but that triple option has been deadly. But Air Force also has been evened out with a awesome defense, only giving up 223 yards a game. It's 69 yards, nice, on the ground, giving up a game. So, yeah, let's go Falcons. First, we're going to say that, but that's in the Air Force context, not any other context whatsoever. If anybody clips this, looking at Tar and Billy, uh, I will sue uh, for me saying that. Uh, let's go back to the SEC. you got number 21, Tennessee, who's a four-point favorite, and they travel to another – City in Kentucky, Lexington, Kentucky, take on the Wildcats led by Mark Stoops, a, uh, a another rival of sorts for uh, Mr. Jack down there. Uh, this will be the first underdog I take. I'm going to go with Kentucky in this one. I, I'm just not a Joe Milton believer, and they're coming off kind of an emotional loss against Alabama where they, they blew a lead. So uh, I do think Tennessee is going to try to regroup themselves a little bit. It might be a little difficult going on the road. Uh, Kentucky seems to be a tough place to play recently. So uh, I think Kentucky's going to get this one done. You know, their defense should be able to stop, you know, somewhat what Tennessee wants to do. And I think their running game will help them out too. Yeah, I agree. Um, hard loss last week. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about, I think Tennessee's going to bounce back and, uh, this is the first time uh, Jack and I are going to pick something different here, but I think Tennessee gets it done. Yeah, I'm also going to be rocking with the Volunteers here. Uh, they annoyed me last week because they their fans are annoyingly loud uh, on Twitter. And that was annoying, but because I was care about my record a lot here, I think Kentucky's on a two-game skid uh, right now with losses to Georgia and Missouri. They got a nice little bye week, but Tennessee would just play Alabama. And they're going to need a bounce back game right there. So I'm going to rock with Tennessee here. I definitely do not think either of these two teams are going to finish second in the in the East. That spot might be reserved for Missouri, who could be a dark horse for the SEC East. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed for the Missouri Tigers. We are all Missouri Tigers next week. Just so everybody's aware. <laughs> now throwing it up to the Big Ten. You got number three, Ohio State, who's a 14 and a half point favorite over the Luke Fickle led Wisconsin Badgers. This uh, Wisconsin offense is gross, so I'm not touching Wisconsin. 
Ohio State, they've had some inconsistencies, but I mean, Wisconsin doesn't have anybody that can uh, match Marvin Harrison Jr. So I'm just going to stick with Ohio State here. Retweet Ohio State. Yeah, I'm also going to be Ohio State across the board. Uh, Wisconsin's offense, not good. Uh, Lou Fickle's going to need a year or two to get that program right where he wants it. Tanner Mordecai, not a good pickup at quarterback. And that shows. Uh, They should run the ball a whole lot more than they do. But, yeah, now to go back to the ACC. Got number 17, North Carolina, fresh off of their loss to one of the worst teams in college football, who are 11-and-a-half-point favorites to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. I'm going to go with UNC. I think they bounce back. I have a hard time seeing that dynamic offense not doing that. There's just too much talent there. They got Tez, Tez Walker back from that kind of BS suspension or ineligible ineligibility a couple weeks ago. And I think this offense will get going. And Georgia Tech, you know, they had that miracle win at Miami, but I don't think they're that good. So, UNC should I, wouldn't call, I would not call that a miracle. Would not call that a miracle win in the slightest. That was a complete. Well, yeah. <laughs> <Crystal> balls <laughs> on crystal balls. On crystal balls. <laughs> Daniel, you got. I'm also going to get UNC. Uh, I want to pick Georgia Tech and thought about doing so, but like Jack just said, I really just don't think they're very good, and they they just got they they were in a good position because Mario Cristobal doesn't know how to close out a game. Um. But, yeah, I think North Carolina is going to win. That's going to be rock with North Carolina. This is the game that I kind of picked to kind of force Tar to pick against teams that he likes. Uh, so, yeah, I was going to go UNC here. That offense is good. Uh, they just kind of had a little, little hiccup against Virginia, who, again, one of the worst teams in the country. Uh, Go 5 D2, whatever, Virginia is worse. All right, and now – for the best conference in the country, the best all-around at every single sport conference, we are going to go to the Sun Belt as the Old Dominion Monarchs travel to Harrisonburg, take on the number 25, should be, hang the banner now, future national champion James Madison Dukes, who are a 20-point favorite. Stop the ban. Let them play a bowl game. Let them win the conference. Jack, who you got in this game? I think I don't think James Madison should just be going to a bowl game. I think they should be going to a New Year's Six bowl, and uh, they're going to win this game. They're going to stay undefeated, and uh, maybe we'll get this thing corrected. Yeah, I've got James Madison winning and doing so convincingly. I also have James Madison do that. Go Dukes! Uh, I've been a big James Madison supporter since they joined. Get them and the CFP rank them higher. They deserve a shot. Get them in there, so on and so forth. All right. At the very minimum, get Air Force in there if that's what it takes. I want a GO5 team back in the playoffs because that made it fun. But, yeah, so, Jack, you we only strayed against uh, – apart from one another once as you picked Kentucky, but me and Daniel stay true to ourselves the entire time. <laughs> so, Daniel, I'll let you know what, what I get because I'll tell you what you got. Sounds good. But, Jack, go ahead and let everybody know where they can love you, find you, support you, find you, read your stuff, all that stuff. Yes, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter over at uh, – or I guess it's called X now. Uh, I'm not calling it that. It was still Twitter. Uh, my ad is uh, Jack Byers Rivals. Uh, the website is olddogblitz.com. That's the Mississippi State Rivals affiliate. And uh, I'll be having content out throughout the week and uh, on the Mississippi State side of things for this matchup. 
You can catch me on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. Jack, it's a running gag on the show. I can never point the right way at the first time. Um, right here at Daniel J. Locke is my uh, Twitter handle. Um, you can find my written work for 1819 News, for the Auburn Daily, or if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, over at Braves Today. And, of course, I'm Don Lark at Evil Tank on Twitter slash X and redirects, no matter what you put in the search bar. And it's just right there, at Y-A-B-O-Y, the tank on there. And, of course, you got me on Instagram as well, where you can follow me at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. And, of course, you have us right here on the College Loop, where you should like, subscribe, ring the bell, comment. What's your prediction for Auburn, Mississippi State? If you get the closest one, you get on the show. We didn't have one this week because everybody who predicted – Picked Auburn to win, so that kind of like ruins the purpose of picking the closest one. I can't, I can't pick the closest person to not being wrong. That makes no sense. But of course, you have us on Twitter, slash X, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all of that jazz where you should also go follow us there. And of course, you have the audio version of the show as well, where you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And of course, with all of that being said, Get your own feeling loopy shirt in the warboard.com. Go to the shop. It's right there on the first page. And of course, this has been the College Loop pregame show.